hey there. Welcome to Leader Talks with the NYC. My name is Matt Taylor and I'll be the host of the very first episode. I can't wait to jump in and to talk about some symbolic leadership with you today. Before we get into it, I think before we even can set foot in as being a leader, we need to understand what it is we're leading and how we can create an environment to do that. So the overall concept today is going to be on symbolic leadership, having a symbol that you can lead by. But before we can lead, we need to understand two very important things. We need to understand our vision. We need to understand our culture. And we need to understand that vision is greater than culture, but culture is greater than everything. What do I mean by that? Vision is your preferred future. Future. How can you lead someone to where you don't know where you want to go? So if you are in a business, you need to understand what is the purpose of your business? What is the goal for your church? What is the, the overall preferred future of your ministry? If you are in a youth group, how does your youth group line up with the overall vision of the church? So you can't have multiple visions because it's called division and that is not good. It takes away from being effective. In fact, it makes it incredibly, incredibly hard to move forward because you're going two different ways. So understanding your vision helps you then create a culture. The culture is how everything can be. The culture is the atmosphere in which things are bred and things which come to life and help you accomplish the vision. So culture is greater than everything. Here's the thing about culture. You don't just happen to have good culture. You don't just create things out of out of thin air. It has to be intentionally crafted, has to be done on purpose, and you can't just wish it to be there. So you have to know what you want, how you're going to create it, and then understand as a leader, you have to replicate. But you don't replicate what you want, you replicate who you are. I'm going to say that again. You don't replicate what you want, you replicate who you are. So before we can even get into leading an organization, you have to learn how to lead yourself well. What is the best version of you that you desire to be? Who is the ultimate team player on your team? It should be you as the leader. How do you become a leader that other people want to follow, as Craig Rochelle says? So take a look at your life. Are you the leader worth following? Are you the leader worth creating the culture? Are you the leader that can set the tone for everybody else? My hope is that yes, that you are. And if you aren't, there are incredible resources all around. Hopefully this podcast being one of them that can pour into you to help you achieve that. But let's just go with the understanding that you know what your vision is, that you know that your culture is there. Again, you replicate who you are, not what you want. So continue to work on you, that you would continue to grow to create that culture to help change everything. Now, once your culture is in place, Now we can take a look at leading an organization as a whole. And so today I want to focus on two different symbols. Symbol number one being a pyramid and symbol number two being a Toyota symbol, right? So if I had to put a little fun talk to this, it would be symbolic leadership, pyramid schemes, and Toyota dreams, right? Now, no knock to any of our multi-level marketing friends. This is not a ploy on you. This is just taking the idea of a pyramid and what it symbolizes, as well as the idea of a Toyota logo and what it symbolizes as well. So when you look at a pyramid in ancient history, it is a symbol of power. It's a symbol of dominance. And you can kind of get that if you take a look at its basic shape. It has a wide base and a very narrow top. 
Okay, so if you're looking at it in the in the essence of a triangle, if you start off into a company, right, you start off at the very bottom, you're earning your stripes, and over time, as you work hard and you get committed, you begin to ride this corporate ladder, hopefully as high as you can go one day to either be CEO or president of the company. And as you work along the way, you become a manager, you become a district manager, you become a regional manager, and all of a sudden, you have people underneath you as your leadership grows. They become your team, and they respond to you because you're the boss. You're the manager with the ultimate goal of being the guy or the girl. And if you get to the very top of the pyramid, you can look directly down and it's in the center of everything. You don't have a, a, a pyramid or a triangle that's really awkward or off off center. It really is at the center of everything that happens. And so when you look at pyramid leadership, they lead by power. They lead by self-focus. They lead by their own determination. Now, that works in corporate America, so we say, but is it really the best way to lead? If you look at it as a whole, you're in competition with each other because you're trying to fight to be the man or the woman for the job. You end up getting to the top and you've created an environment or you're a part of an environment that is self-eating. It's attacking each other. We're not out for each other's back. We're not supporting. We're fighting to get more power, more prestige, more influence, more authority. For a team in the long run, that can't be healthy. So I want us to take a moment to to look at the idea of a Toyota logo. Now, if you don't know what a Toyota logo is, it is simply three circles that make a T inside of a circle. So you have the middle circle, which is very narrow and goes from top to bottom. You have a second circle that is like the top of a T at the very top of the logo. Then you have the third circle, which encompasses All of it. Now, having worked with Toyota, this was one of my favorite things to learn about the company. They are so interested in the customer experience they as the company as a whole. The founders, the owners of the company, their last name is Toyota, T-O-Y-O-D-A, not Toyota, T-O-Y-O-T-A. This was on purpose. It wasn't because they were ashamed of their last name. This in Japanese culture, the DA is very aggressive compared to the TA. So having the customer in mind, they even changed their very last name as the brand of this company. And what I learned over several years of working with Toyota is that the whole customer experience is designed to have it to, to be number one in quality, to be number one in an experience for you as a family coming on board. So your car is the best, the employees that you meet are the best, everything is designed to be the overall best experience for you and their Toyota logo is a reminder of that so let's break down what those three circles actually mean that middle circle in the Toyota logo is actually the customer they're at the center of everything that they do the customer is at the center of the decisions they make when it comes to the quality of the parts they use to build vehicles their processes their systems their training what the dealerships are supposed to be like now if you've been like me there are multiple dealerships that don't necessarily live up to that but the the culture is this customer is at the center of everything you go to the top of that logo to that second circle that is actually the dealerships the dealerships act as a covering to the customer the dealers there are there to protect them, not to dominate from the top, but they're there to lead, to guide, and to protect the customer, to serve them. It is an act of service to the customer. Then the outside ring of that is the company as a whole. The company there is there to serve the dealer, but it's a reminder that it's not about the company, it's about the customer. And so if you take a look at the idea of a Toyota logo and, and what that looks like for the leader, the higher up in leadership you go, the further from center you go. It's a team thing, it's not a me thing. 
I'll say that again. The higher up in leadership you go, it becomes a team thing, not a me thing. If you, if you are away from the center because it's not about you. It's about the people that you serve. And in the church world, that is huge because it is so easy to get caught up in this is my ministry. This is what we're doing. I've worked so hard for this. This is my platform. This is my influence. And maybe not even from an individual standpoint, but from a ministry as a whole standpoint, that it becomes about the ministry and not about the people that we serve. What's really interesting to me is the success that Toyota has. If you look over the past 20 years and you search the best car in America for year 2007, for year 2009, if you go back 20 years consistently, year over year, it's the Toyota Camry. Why? It's, it's, to me, it's no secret because it has never been about making Toyota the best. They just did the things that made them the best. They thought about the details, the quality, the experience for the customer. Because if you make the customer happy, then the customer is going to buy. So in business, instead of focusing on how can we be the best business, just take care of the people who make you the best business. So for ministry, let's go back to the church for a minute. As leaders, we have a responsibility to empower other people to make it better. You take a look at the pyramid model. It's about power. It's about getting to the top. It's about me and myself and I. But at the same time, once you get to the top, you have created a culture and you've been a part of a culture that is self-eating and self-attacking. You don't need a team that is against each other. You don't need a worship team and a youth team and fighting against each other. You don't need kids ministry team fighting with the nursery team because we're trying to prove who's the best. Because what happens is you cripple yourself and you make yourself ineffective. However, if you can come from a Toyota standpoint and you can come from the overall circle of, you know, the further up in leadership we go, we sense this responsibility of helping making other people better. It's for our guests. It's for our church family. We're here to serve them. And you can help pull them from the middle to the outside ring. Not only do you become more effective, you increase your influence, you increase your productivity, you increase your ability to make an impact because it's a team, not just me. The reality is there are 24 hours a day. There are seven days in a week. There are 365 days in a year. Sometimes, you know, depending on if it's leap year or not, there is only so much that you can do. And if you focus so hard at being the best at everything, you will fail at everything. Now, you might win for a little bit, but at the end of the day, you're going to get burned out. You're going to get wore out. You're going to you're going to quit. You're going to just transition because it's it's not working. And the reason it's not working is because it was never intended to work that way. If you take a look at the life of what we were called to do, specifically for a pastor standpoint, the Bible says we are here to equip others for the work of service. That's that's our goal. We are to empower other people to do the work at hand. For a corporate America, you have employees, and maybe you are an employee and you're not in a management position, but you have strengths to the table that other people don't have. And here's this idea, this idea of strength philosophy. And if you've never read the book, Strength Finders 2.0, I highly, highly recommend it because it will help you with this, this thought process of strength psychology. What it basically says is instead of spending all of our time trying to be the best at everything, looking at our weaknesses and trying to improve our weaknesses, focus on your top five strengths and build them. And if you can focus on your top five strengths and you have other people and you understand their top five strengths, you find people that match your weaknesses. And now you have two people working together, accomplishing a whole lot more than what you could ever do on your own. Now multiply that across different ministries, different stores, different businesses, different branches, and you multiply that effect. Your your effectiveness and your reach 
reach increases tremendously because now you are working together as a team, everybody operating in their strength. You have trust, not division. You empower, not try and divide and take away. And at the end of the day, you will be more effective because it's about the vision. So if your vision as a leader, remember, vision is greater than culture, which is greater than everything. Your preferred future, if it doesn't outlive you, it's not big enough, okay? But your culture, the climate that you create has to be more and it has to be larger than just you as an individual. So as we continue to grow our teams in the strength side of it, we're pulling them out. We're trusting them because they have been gifted with with unique strengths and talents. We lean in on each other and we grow together, so you go from just addition to multiplication overnight. Now, it doesn't exactly happen overnight, but as you continue to empower people, and you continue to grow them, and you continue to show them the focus, you are beginning to develop the culture that creates the climate for this to happen. And then you'll look two, three years later, and you have a team running 20, 30 people. That was initially one where you were tired and wore out. Now you have people who love what they do because they're operating in their strengths, they're making a difference, and they have a voice at the table. You see, not only when the circle gets bigger, your your voice as a leader will always be the main voice, but it gives you more voices to listen to. If you're only listening to your voice and what your gut says all the time, you're neglecting a huge part of your team, people with different experiences, with different backgrounds. Again, I understand as the leader, you have to be the voice. You have to be the one to cast the vision in the direction where we're going, but your team can help you get there, especially if your vision is outside of yourself and it has a greater impact than just a little world that you can reach. So what do we do? Do we just sit back and say, yeah, I really want that? Well, it doesn't just happen. You can't wish that. Again, you don't replicate what you want. You replicate who you are. So to start this process, you have to identify the changes that you need to make as a leader in your life. And it could be figuring out what your strengths are and being comfortable with what you're not. Just a perfect example in my life, I thought for the longest time I was creative. I am absolutely not creative. I'm energetic, but I'm not a creative type. My wife, Christy, she is creative. Our pastor's wife, Lindsay, she is creative. And so for most of my ministry career has been involved in kids ministry. In kids ministry, um, energy goes a long way. Creativity goes a long way. But I thought from from the early years that I had to be the one because I was quote unquote the kids pastor that it was my responsibility to do everything. Mistake number one, build a team to help you accomplish a whole lot more. And so in this, I thought I had to be the creative element. I thought I was ener- I had to be the energetic guy. I had to be the main voice. And so as I began to build my team, it reflected in that. And over time, it became me, myself, and I. Not because I wanted it to, but that's the culture that I created because I felt I had to. And so when I step into a, a new context and a new perspective, I realized real quick that I wasn't a creative type. And it took me a little adjusting because I thought for the longest time, because of, of my experience and what I perceived to be true, that I was supposed to be that person. That, But it was frustrating because I, I wasn't what I thought I was, but it was one of the most freeing things that could have happened for me. Because I was able to recognize, you know what, I'm not creative, but I'm energetic. And if I focus so hard on trying to be both, 
then I'm missing a huge part because if I can just lean in on my strength and I can trust either my wife or Lindsay with the creative side and we take the best of the creative world and we take the best of the energetic world in in our area and we put it together, we have something that is so beautiful and so far-reaching and so effective that it it helped making that transition easier for me. Now, don't get me wrong. Recognizing weaknesses in your own life is difficult because we live in a world that that we don't have any. We can't admit that we have a weakness because uh, we won't get the job that we won't. We don't fit the bill. We, it won't. It doesn't look good on the resume. But I would argue understanding your strengths and your weaknesses makes you more valuable because you know when to step in and voice to something that is your strength, and you know when to hold back. Because organizations like Toyota know those and they employ those who have a solid understanding of what they're good at and not figuring out where they are. Now, their training program is absolutely incredible, and that's not a you know a full talk for today. But helping you identify that helps you become a culture, helps you become a community, helps you become a ministry or a business that can have far-reaching impact because you create a culture that reflects that. It's a culture of empowering other people of helping them be the best they can be, and it's not about you at the end of the day. So, something to think about as we wind down this podcast today. Do you want symbolic leadership? Do you want your leadership to be a pyramid, or do you want your leadership to be a Toyota logo? My goal for you is that you have thought about that, and you would desire for your leadership to be about other people, empowering them, helping them be the best they can be by identifying your strengths, knowing where you're fit, creating a good culture, understanding that you replicate who you are, not what you want. And at the end of the day, you have a vision that far outreaches you and you're well on your way to do it. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. It is such an honor to be on this journey with you. And I would love more than anything to stay connected with you. You can reach me via email at mtaylor at msaog.org. Again, that's m taylor at msaog.org or you can find me online at facebook and instagram at, at matt to the taylor number two at matt number two the taylor so i would love to talk with you hear what you would like to talk about and see what the lord has in store for you in your church in your business and whatever other ventures you have remember it's about life leadership faith and family the best is yet to come